You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 168, Waterproofing Methods for a Wet Basement. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, today we're talking about waterproofing basements to prevent mold concerns. So if you had to think about all of the people with all of the homes with basements, how many listeners do you think actually have problematic basements? Uh, So I would say as far as how many listeners have basements, um, I would say it's 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 probably almost a 50-50 kind of thing. Um, those that have problematic basements, um, unless if any of our listeners say they've never had problems, they probably just moved in. Um, problematic basements, I would say 90% of the time, you're going to have some sort of moisture intrusion event, whether it's a sewer backing up, grading and drainage, flooding, uh, water pipe break, all sorts of things. And uh, I guess the whole point is, is basements tend to be problematic, just like a crawl space does. There's really no no easy way to get around that, if that makes sense. So, so let me understand that. When you say basements tend to be problematic, does that mean just by the sheer nature of their existence they're problematic? Or are you saying that most basements are not built the way they need to be built to not be problematic. I would say both. I know that sounds (laughs) like like it's an easy way out. Um, But, you know, a basement is obviously typically below ground level. So most places that have high groundwater issues don't have basements. Um, But on the other hand, if you have a basement, a lot of times, and, you know, contractors, especially with building costs as expensive as they've gotten, they, I'm not going to say they cut corners, but they try to save wherever they can. And 
if that's not putting a drain tile system in, not using a high quality waterproofer on the foundation, it, you know, it could be many other, many things, not putting a sump pump in a basement that needs one could be something where they just, they don't finish the basement. Most contractors don't finish basements and that's typically because of the buyer. You know, I'm not saying it never happens, but most buyers typically don't want the basement finished for a couple of reasons, money. Second of all, they want to have a project or a large, it'd be projects, because um, most people don't just finish their basement all at once, where they can get their own sweat equity. So I guess my point is, is the contractor, I, I believe, and this is obviously just an opinion, if I was to finish a basement, I would take a lot more um, precautions to make sure that, that they're not going to call me in three months and say my my kid's bedroom, the, the floors are soaking wet and there's water coming in from the window well. So I'm going to ask you to put on your general contractor hat for a minute because people listening to this are like, well, I have a walkout basement. That shouldn't be a problem, right? Or somebody's listening to this, they're like, I have a daylight basement. Is that a problem? Does the type of basement that a person has impact the likelihood of problems with the basement? I don't believe so because a walkout, you still, a walkout basement is not the foundation is typically, so the home is typically with a, with a walkout, unless, you know, you have to build retaining walls and put a drain in the stairwell, but most walkouts, the home is built into a hill. So on the hillside, so, you know, half the house, let's just say is a full foundation. And then where the walkout is, the foundation steps down and comes out to, to, to ground level, if that makes sense. And so, so, and so what is a, because I grew up in a, in a house that wasn't in a hill, but had a full basement, but then you went out the basement door and walked up four steps and then you were on the ground level. Is that a daylight or is that a walkout? What is that? I, I'd still classify that as a walkout. A daylight to me is a stepped down foundation. Um, meaning the foundation's not a full eight-foot foundation around the whole house. It okay. steps down with the dirt grade because um, it's not necessary to have a full concrete foundation if the dirt outside's, you know, only three foot high. Um, but what you're talking about, yeah, I'd call that a walkout. And that, I kind of mentioned that when, when you don't build it into a hillside, you have to have retaining walls to go down those steps to get into the basement. Correct. Those are common, too. Um, I, as a contractor, don't recommend that unless you're going to, to go to the lengths of putting a floor drain at the, the bottom of those stairs and it's got to go somewhere into a sump pit so that when the water comes in, unless the stairwell's covered, which a lot of times they're not, the water's going to come down those stairs. It has to have somewhere to go. Not you don't want it to go into the basement itself. Does that make sense? That does make sense. So I guess my question is when people are thinking about, okay, is my basement a problem, right? You're saying the type of basement is not the issue. Not typically. But um, but could the grading and drainage around the house exactly around the basement be an issue? Yeah, and it you can have that issue whether it's a slab on grade or a crawl space. So the grading and drainage improper grading and drainage is going to cause issues no matter whether you have a basement or not. So given that maybe the the whole, the whole listener doesn't know if their grading and drainage is where it needs to be, then waterproofing a basement or making sure it's waterproof is important. But I would think most homeowners assume 
that their basement's waterproof. I would have. I would assume it was. How would you know? Well, you would know if you had water coming in. Um, if it's a finished basement and it gets every spring, you know, the floors get wet. Let's just say it's an unfinished basement. So you think, well, it's unfinished, so it's not a concern. But it would tell me that there's either there's either a waterproofing issue or a grading and drainage issue. Now, the thing is, is if it's built properly, even if, so let's just say it's a grading and drainage issue. The water has nowhere to go, so it's going to run down the foundation wall. It's going to find its way into a crack and make its way into the basement. If you do a drain tile system or a foundation drain system, that water's never going to get to the inside of the home. So you can waterproof a foundation. You know, you can use a, a membrane um, that, you know, has its self-adhesive. Sometimes you have to you know, buy some sort of glue to put it against or on the foundation. But most people just use tar. You literally go around with a five-gallon bucket of tar. We call it a whitewash brush. You put, you know, tar on the foundation. And typically, a good contractor is going to mark what height you need that tar on there. Well, when the foundation cracks, there's that creates a void. Once the house is all, all the backfill's done, grading and drainage is done, if the water gets down through there, there's going to be a crack, even if it was waterproofed correctly. Does that make sense? That makes if you sense. did it with tar. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, you can't just use one line of defense, meaning I, you can't just depend on grading and drainage. Yeah, that's a great thing. But if there's some sort of groundwater issues or sprinkler issue, that even proper grading and drainage, the water can still get into the foundation, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Because a sprinkler line is below grade. So that grading and drainage on top is not going to do you any good if a water line breaks that's below it. So let me add a level of complexity to it because you said, okay, maybe the homeowner doesn't know if they their basement is waterproof. So then go around with tar. But... That, the tar is done when you, before, this is when the home's being built. This is when the home's being built. Yeah. But how do you know after you've bought a home, when you weren't the one who built the home, how do you know that that was done? Can you see it? Is it well, Sometimes, so I mentioned that contractors should mark on the foundation how high the tar should be. Okay. You don't want to see the tar is the point of that. Okay. So it should be covered up. But... To answer your question, if you were worried there is no tar on it, it, you could go right up against the foundation and dig you a little hole, go down a foot or two, and if you don't find tar, that's not a good thing. Ah, uh, okay. You should be able to just dig a small hole and see the tar. Okay. It's just black, typically. Okay. So or, you should be able to see it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. you should be able to see it. A lot of times, if it's done right, you should never see the tar. Because so it's usually below the dirt grade, so, just a couple inches. So if, you're bought, if you bought a house, you dig and you see that there's tar there, but then you're still having some moisture issues in your basement, what do you do? That's where you're going to have to address, first and foremost, what's causing that. Is is your main water supply, is it leaking? Um, the way you would know with that is your water meter. You can call the city or municipality and say, hey, is my water usage normal for this size of home and four people that live there. And they'll say, wait, no, you're going through a lot more water than a normal person does. That would tell you there's a leak. Um, so that would be, obviously, your water meter would tell you that. Um, 
Something else, though, once again, this is where it varies. If it's an unfinished basement, you know, you could see, like, the water's coming in only from the top half of the foundation, meaning four feet up from the foundation, from the floor, there you can see the water coming in from a crack. You can see that same crack goes to the top, but water's not coming in. Well, you know, on the exterior, four feet down, there's something going on out there. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. And if it's a groundwater issue... Once again, going back to the contractor, they probably didn't do a soils test. They didn't do any perk tests. There, there were things that they didn't take care of that they should have. If it's a groundwater issue, then you've got to resort to a drain tile system, sump pumps, things like that. When we're talking about that, though, one thing I want our listeners to know, you do not want to address, unless you absolutely have to, you don't want to address waterproofing from the inside, meaning don't seal that crack on the inside of your basement. Because you trap it, right? Ex- exactly. You okay. want to stop where it's coming from. It's no different than, you know, inside, like, let's just say, you know, your windowsill keeps, there's water moisture accumulation, and it's because the, the window's leaking. You don't want to seal it from the inside. Otherwise, you trap that water. Now, our listeners could say, well... You know, on a window, there's a sheetrock wall, but in a concrete foundation, what do you mean trapping the water? Well, you're just keeping the water from coming in that, that single crack. Yeah. The water's got to go somewhere. Yeah. And so the best thing you could do there is address outside. If you had to do a foundation drain or a sump pit, you want to get the, you want to take care of the water before it gets to the foundation. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Because once it's coming in, especially in a finished home, you, you've you got a lot of, of work that you're going to have to do to, to take care of that. And you can do it. Mm-hmm. You could do a perimeter drain, more or less, from the foundation. You come in, you know, 18 inches and saw cut all that, remove that concrete, put perforated pipe in there, run it to some pit. You could deal with it that way. There's ways to deal with it, but every situation is going to be unique. So... How often how often would you say, in your opinion, that people figure out after the fact that they have problem- 90% of the time. problematic? Be- yeah. Wow, wow. And, and even on a brand new home. Wow. It's, uh, and, and that's another reason. And, and, and I, you know, as a contractor, when I was a general contractor, I always recommended not to finish the basement for the main reason of let's see what goes on. Well, okay, so then let me ask you, that was that was going to be my next question. Where I see the real problem here is in a person who buys a home with a beautifully finished basement, there's carpet, there's beautiful walls, there's a multimedia room, there's a fitness room, there's... How would they ever know with a beautifully finished basement, kitchen, wine room, how would they ever know that their basement was problematic with everything covered up by the finishing. Well, at some point you would have to see, you would have to see the defect, whether it was wet carpets, whether the wall is mushy. Um, You know, as professionals, we can come in and we can do, we can check the humidity. We can do moisture tests on the sheetrock. We have infrared cameras. We could pick all that up. But as a homeowner, as far as our listeners, sometimes, I mean, in one room, you would start noticing that the carpets are wet right on right at the foundation. Okay. Does that make sense? And for for a finished home like you just said, I mean, 
well, I'd hate to be that contractor that built that home and I would hate to explain to my clients why we didn't waterproof it properly. Correct. Because that's a lot of money. And and the insurance company, for the most part, will not cover that. Wow. They they would say it's a defect on the on the contractor. It was workmanship. Wow. So And if your warranty is already long gone with yeah. that new then you Well are- and a contractor, they only offer one year for a warranty. And um I, I've seen it a lot when I did home inspections. Contractors, <laughs> once you've signed the dotted line and they got their money, it's difficult to get them back out there. And I, there are good contractors out there. There's probably way more good ones than there are bad ones. But um, at the end of the day, I guess my point is, is that contractor is going to do everything they can to push the liability onto you. So uh, that's why it's important, you know, it, knowing, like for our listeners, knowing what to be looking for, even when you're doing, let's say you're buying the home and it was already finished. So you came in and when it was the finished product was done, you need to know what to look for as far as the buyer and the inspector needs to know what to be looking for when it comes to stuff like that. And if you're the one building it, it's it's so much easier. When I say building it, you're having the contractor build it. It's simple. It... As contractors, we hated it when the when the clients came out there all the time. It's a distraction. It's not safe uh, to have people on the property when you're trying to build things. But on the other hand, you know, it's your home. Go out there and make sure they're putting tar on the foundation. Ask them, hey, I know it wasn't in the price, but, you know, just because, you know, we listen to this guy that's a mold specialist. We listen to his podcast. He highly recommends a foundation drain or a drain tile system, footings drain. How much more would you charge us to put one in? It shouldn't cost you that much. When I say not that much, we're talking three to $5,000 for the contractor to do it before they backfill the foundation. Correct. But it's got to be done before they backfill. Um, now, can you do that stuff on a home that's 15, 20 years old? Of course. But you have to dig around the entire foundation on the exterior and, of course, our listeners would know that's a pain in the butt. And probably costs a lot more money. Uh, way more. A lot And you more have money. utilities you got to deal with. Lots I mean, it's just, it's possible, but it's so much, so much more difficult. Um, and you're tearing up the yard. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of work. But when you do it during construction, it's nothing. And a lot of municipalities are requiring a, at least a footings drain. So. And you just, like I said, you just got to know what you're looking for. You could have a footings drain that's required and the the contractor didn't put it in right. So, you know, it's just things to look for. Yeah, so situational awareness. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people would be like, well, how do I know if a drain tile system's working? You get a hose and actually, you know, wherever the highest elevation is on that drain tile system, run some water and then see if it comes into the sump pit or wherever it's supposed to go. So you can test it. Exactly. So so it sounds like if, if you have a finished basement, it's there's a lot you have to watch. There's a lot you have to factor in. And now if you figure out that you have a problematic finished basement, there's a lot of money that goes into correcting yeah. the problem. On the flip side, you might have people listening to this who are saying, well, we have an unfinished basement. We basically use it for storage. The washer and dryer are down there. And who cares if there's a problematic basement because it's unfinished and we don't plan to finish it. Yeah. What do you say to people who want to ignore moisture intrusion in a basement that isn't finished? Well, it, it to me, it would be worse than ignoring um, 
mold concerns in a crawl space. And the concerns we have, so, you know, we see it a lot in crawl spaces, that that dirty air or contaminated air, however you want to classify it, can and will make its way up into the living space. Now, if you have an unfinished basement, it for sure is going to come up into the living space. Most of the time you have a furnace down there. You have voids in the, which would be the ceiling from the basement, or if you're on the main level, the floor. There are voids where the air can come up there. So contaminated air in a, in a basement's not going to just stay there. It'll end up up in the main living area, if that makes sense. Wow. So that... And tell me, who has an unfinished basement that says there's just a washer and dryer? Let's say they don't even have that. Our listeners, tell me anybody you know with an unfinished basement that never goes down there. Yeah. When you go down there, you're exposing yourself to... That's so true. And then it gets on your... The mold spores on your clothes, so you're bringing it to the main... Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I... even if you're not... Yeah. That dirty air downstairs is going to be in the main, in the living area above it. So you have to pay attention to it, whether you feel like it or not. Yep. At some point, that house is going to have to get sold. Yep. You know, so it's just reality. And you're going to have to probably deal with it then. Or whoever inherits that home is going to have to deal with it. That's true. So given all of that, what's your call to action for people? So we talked about from the exterior, just walk around the exterior of your home. Make sure there's positive grading and drainage, meaning there's gutters above you. The grading next to the foundation for six feet slopes away from the home. And then look at the foundation. Make sure there's no cracks, no standing water next to it, things like that. Very good. So at the end of the day, it's about situational awareness, paying attention, Mm -hmm. doing inspections, documenting what you see over time. And then if you've listened to this and you're like, I don't even know where to start. A great place to start would be the mold box. Yeah. Yep. You can buy the mold box from the website. Um, it's a mold preventative kit. Um, there's there's some things I'm probably going to change up what we're putting in it. But uh, whether you get it now or in six months, whatever, you'll still be getting all the beneficial things to know what to be looking for and how to prevent mold in your home. Absolutely. So you can find out more about the mold box at cnccontractorservices.com. We will catch you in the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.